And welcome to another episode of Young People Giving Adults Advice. In today's episode, I talk to Karen. Hi. Hi. How are you? Nice to meet you, Leonie. Yeah, you too. Oh, really? And we started the interview really with just an informal chat about what it is to be a young person giving advice. Here are some of her thoughts. Um, I think, like, to be honest, I'm um, I'm not really this kind of people like who would like to give advice because I'm a learner. Uh, I can always learn from um, someone else, um, like from different perspective. But uh, Evan like persuade me to like just uh, share my experience and uh, say maybe there maybe some someone could also pick something useful from like this kind of um conversation but i'm not really sure about that um anyway i decided to give a try yeah yeah perfect i think it's an interesting one it's coming under a banner like an umbrella concept that i created a while ago called the unity project and that idea is people just telling their stories. So as you probably noticed, a lot of the interview is really just people talking about what they do every day. And, and I think we all learn from sharing our stories and we become closer to each other and more unified. So Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, the advice is interesting. It's just another way of saying what you think really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that sounds, um, for example, the um, prog- um, pro- podcast you recommend me um, the other day, I think we do have really many things like in common that um, uh, like we uh, we want to make the world a better place and uh, um, like and uh, not really care without caring a lot about the money and want to combine the technology and the arts um, perspective. That's, um, um, that's uh, his story is called Inspire, Inspiring. Um, oh, I want to apologize for my uh, broken English. And I, I sometimes it's quite broken, but... Uh, Your I English you is mind. beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for encouragement. <laughs> Yeah, so so like um so like he, his story it's quite makes me pe- makes people feel quite sure for that. Sometimes I would think about um like mm, because I haven't figured out a way to achieve those goals. But if I it, like I saw um someone just like him, they keep doing uh, they um, keep this goal and. Uh, manage to um achieve it it's quite like yeah so it's quite like kind of it can motivate me to keep going like this like try to find my way to contribute to the world yeah and it's yeah it is a common theme I think that's come out across a lot of the episodes too just how much people young people want to contribute and make a difference and Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't know if it's different from my generation or not, or if it's just that my generation start to forget those things. What do you think? Mm, I think it depends on people. Um, yeah, I know. I realized that uh, after graduate, after graduating from the school, I do realize that it's not an easy thing to make a living. But uh, and many people when they um, when they like try and when they want to support a family and uh, um, make their family members live a good life, they they sometimes they it's quite hard thing. Sometimes they would. Um, I can't say that they forgot this goal to um, country and uh, to um, make the world a better a better place, but they just they just there are so many distracting things and uh, um, yeah, they just focus on how to make the family um, a better place to live. But I in in the um, from another perspective, this what they are doing is actually um, like like um, th- those small elements of the society. If they make their family a good one, it's in a way they also make the um, the society society a better place. So if people just uh, f- um, like fight for themselves and their family. We can't say they didn't contribute to the world, but it, it's just a, it, they they also find a way to contribute in a way. Yeah, yeah. I I think from the Ben Ep, there was I think he said life gets in the way, and it's just one of those little quotes that gets stuck in my mind. You know, if people have grand designs for their life and it doesn't go the way they imagined, it's like so many things happened in their life and they've got they changed direction but life gets in the way i think it's a really mm-hmm. interesting way of thinking about it but but what about for you what what are the differences you see that need to be made and what difference do you want to make um mm, I'm, I'm still like thinking about um like i think there are there, there could be many ways like um my father um like mm, he he always seems but not inspires me because because i have i haven't figured out an idea like for example let's say the alibaba it's a, a e-commerce platform um so at the beginning and um, the jack ma could not think about like how this platform could like help people in a so huge different way but now and um, the the platform like connect the businessmen all over the world to trade like online and uh, so um people in different place who need like different goods they could like get e- easy channels um to trade those goods that's kind of um, an idea that to connect the world. So I think this kind of thing is um, I couldn't say I I couldn't say that I can do it, but um, those little idea, yeah, 
it's quite good to, yeah, I'm quite, um, I know I, I say like uh, really bad English, but I hope you got my idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I think one thing you said particularly was Jack Ma's found his way of connecting people. And because I work in communication, it's always that. It, it almost doesn't matter that your English isn't perfect. It's that we sit here and try and find a way to hear each other and to connect. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people I work with really worry about their English, but I say, look, if you've got this focus, I mean, Jack Ma's English is far from perfect, yet look at what he's created internationally. And I think looking to those kinds of leaders for seeing how we can connect more efficiently, more effectively is mm-hmm. important. Yeah, I think so. Like um, uh, like several months ago, I have this idea. Um, I, I doubt myself got um, a um, something wrong with one of my organ. I, I'm not sure the English name of that. So I searched a lot. Um, it, it it's proved that uh, I have done many tests, and it's proved that I'm um, I don't have that disease. But when I do all those search uh, searching, I find that many people have some misunderstanding of that dis- disease, and uh, that um, that's a like kind of chronic disease so it won't um like harm and give like lots of harm to your body but it it would keep going on without curing perfectly so when i do the search i find there are many people um knows little about this disease and they trade uh when they treat this disease with um like a wrong way. So um, basically, if you live a healthy life and ha- taking some low uh, GI food, that helps a lot to relieve that uh, many symptoms. So um, at that time, I think um, I find there's no such kind of application on the market that tell people um, what they should eat and uh, what kind of lifestyle they uh, should go if they have that disease. So um, I, at that time, I think it would be a good idea that if um, I can have such platform to connect all the people with the same disease and uh, um, just uh, give them a platform to know um, how to live, what to eat, and uh, um, uh, and and that platform could also be a place to encourage each one because some people they would like say people with uh, how to say the the um, colorful glasses so they would treat these people in a different way in a negative different way so that platform could help um yeah could be a place say cheer each other and uh, um, build confidence yeah so i've think about that and uh, i think yeah, but uh, when I was not di- diagnosed uh, with that disease, I, I still have I still have the idea to, um, like go on with that uh, idea. Maybe after I finish up, um, like a uh, uh, stage of my career. Yeah, that's that's interesting in the perspective of just creating a place to share. You know, you said at the beginning when we were chatting that you didn't want to give advice and 
similarly, I feel like that's what this platform is about. It's a platform where nobody really has the answers, but we can all share. And it sounds like that's what you're talking about as well. It's, it's that you've done some research and you might be a little bit ahead of the average person in that particular area. But if you create a platform, it just allows everyone to share their knowledge together. And yeah. that feels like a way to, to, to a good future, right? To learning more about things that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And of course, like if uh, we do have that platform, uh, we should have some like really professional advice from um, those magic like doctors. Um, otherwise, if people just share their ideas, we might like go um, off the tracks to um, have the right doubts or the um, lifestyle. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's that diversity again, isn't it? It's that broader perspective. Mm-hmm. Of, yeah, bringing as many voices to the platform as possible, whatever your platform, so you can really make up your mind for yourself. You can listen to the doctors, you can listen to the person experiencing it, you can listen to well-being advice and everything. Yes, that's right. Mm, yes, I I have all, I have many like these kind of little ideas. Um, 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 do I are you from Australia? Like uh, originally. Yeah, I was born in Sydney oh. and I grew up in um, West Ride, just outside of Sydney. Uh-huh. Well, it's in the suburbs of Sydney. H- have you been to China before? I have. I went to Shanghai really just for a couple of days before I was heading over to Europe. Uh-huh. And I crossed, I was in Hong Kong for about 10 days and I crossed over into Shenzhen. So I've done a few little trips, but I haven't spent a lot of time there. Ah, um, do do you like do you like it? Like from those several days, um, do you find it's like quite convenient to, um, I don't know, just a shop around or have some, uh, like food delivery, like yeah, th- this kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's it's already a little while ago now, but I in Shanghai, what was really interesting. I mean, already I love dumplings, so I ate a lot of dumplings. And um, <laughs> many, many foreigners had, love the dumplings. <laughs> exactly. Um, I had a massage, which was great as well, and it was funny just being there for a day. You know, I just basically walked around in the blistering heat. It was so humid. Um, and I didn't take any public transport. I just sort of walked through the streets. I went to the old French part of town uh-huh. and and had some food in that area. Uh, but definitely I'm interested to find out more about China. I just got a video from one of my clients about, is it Qingdao? Uh-huh. Is that a, yeah, and the nice part. Yeah, and there's sort of like a bit of a European flavor. I hate to draw that, you know, find just the European parts, but it was his town. And so he was talking about showing off his his city from where, where he was from. And it looks beautiful. Yeah, they have some like Germany style um, castles and the buildings in the old uh, in the old town. Yeah, because it's one it was like kind of col- col- colonized, yeah, by German. Yeah. I never knew that. That's crazy. I never <laughs> knew the Germans were in China. <laughs> Germans did quite good work there. They Qingdao. I think Qingdao has a um one of the um greatest underground like th- those water systems underground mm. because Germany person built that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny the things that are valued. What, what else? What city should I go to if I go to China? <laughs> Definitely my hometown. I would highly Where's recommend that? that. It's in Hangzhou. It's quite near to Shanghai. Have you heard that? Hangzhou. I've heard of Hangzhou. Yeah, yeah. Hangzhou. <laughs> yes, yes. Excuse my pronunciation now. Standard Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The Hangzhou, that's, you, 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 you said it in a quite good way. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's quite, I think it's a like emergency city in China now because um, the headquarters of Alibaba is based there, and uh, um, um, and many other technology firms. So we treat it as a, um, I think it's kind of like the um, what's that? Silic is that called Silicon Valley? In- yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I do find there are many like convenient, um, convenient like uh, stuffs in Hangzhou. So, for example, the delivery thing, we have um, all those post delivery. Um, like it can arrive in two um, in two days maximum if we live in Hangzhou from everywhere. If we order something from. Um, the online platform, for example, Alibaba. So, and uh, it's quite convenient to for us to pick up those parcels because we have those um, kind of like lockers in each community. Um, and uh, we don't have like uh, many this kind of thing in Australia. And uh, I noticed that the postman would always um Take your parcels to the post office if um, if you're not at home or there's no intercom at the um, on the ground floor of your building, and without and, and they would never call you. So it co- it costs many like uh, much inconvenience for people to get their parcels when leaving the uni city. It just takes like um takes me always takes me like one hour to go to the post office and uh, ask those people to find out my parcels and go back uh, it's quite like kind of like disappointing experience compared uh, what I had in China so I think it would be a really um, good idea to copy copy this kind of system from China to here so yeah people could have like a more um, small experience of um, having their parcels. Yeah, it's yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of things like that. Even when I was living in Europe, I was thinking, why don't the Australians look at the bus system in Paris? It's just so efficient. You know, we should just have that. <laughs> you mean like uh, Australia is efficient or? No, in Paris, the the transport system is amazing. I mean, oh, really? already it's getting better in Australia, but it, in in France, it just works so well. And the same in Holland. I lived in those two countries, and it just seems so much better than here how it was structured. Uh huh. Yeah, I I've been to Paris, but I um only for three days. I don't think I have taken any tra- public transportation at that time. Yeah. How uh, it do when you mention efficient, it is it um there are many like undergrounds and uh, like buses. Yeah, the buses are really I mean, I understand that in three days the same sort of thing for me when I was in Shanghai. I didn't it's too confusing to pick up in one day. But very quickly the bus system is color coded. So if you're walking around the city, you start to see the same 
color coding on the buses. So you go, oh, I know that pink bus goes past there. And it's just such a good way of understanding the mind and how we remember things. And in Sydney, you've just got bus 530, 531, 532. And you're like, I don't know what the difference between those buses is. <laughs> oh, okay. I got that. So it's it's quite like visualized, uh, um, like um, friends or Paris visualized like those buses roads so people could like get it easy um understand easily where it would go yeah just the the way they've structured it and clearly it is a city that's been very heavily designed and and organized sydney is not like that so i think that's the other problem is just how sydney evolved as a city and how paris evolved at very different things mm-hmm. and i guess that happens in china as well there's probably some very old towns which by modern standards, are organized in a somewhat, you know, perceivably disorganized fashion. I imagine. Uh huh. Yeah, I think all the cities they like involve a lot in these days. They learn from like those modern and new and um, efficient systems, and uh, from other cities or countries, and uh, they copy it and uh, do some revisements based on their own like uh, some characters and uh, make it fits their own city better and yeah provide people with convenience that's a really good idea yeah maybe australia is getting there a bit late i I guess that's what i'm interested in as uh, somebody who's grown up in china and hangzhou where what do you what else do you see in australia that is kind of an interesting cultural or organizational observation like what's 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 different here and what's weird or not weird, weird? <laughs> it's a really <laughs> beautiful country i i have to say like um um one thing i noticed like the biggest difference is uh, um the how to say the speed of um building up those infrastructure so you know, China uh, invests a lot in the infrastructure, like the highways, um, uh, highways or uh, those high-speed trains and uh, uh, all the roads, for um, example. Mm, I noticed that in uh, Sydney, we have a fifth, and you have a fifty-year plan to having um, those trains connect, um, like each major city, major cities, and. Uh, I have to say, probably this kind of project would would like be finished in five years in China, <laughs> and uh, um, and uh, I do think that um, the completion or the well structured infrastructure could benefit the economy quite well because mm-hmm. like all those um, freight or the um, just all the business they need quite good traffic to. Yeah, trade with each other. Yeah, I often feel like the problem in Australia and maybe the benefit as well is just that the different size of population, because I guess that infrastructure is very important when you've got such a big country and such big cities. Mm, And maybe there's also the taxes. I guess there's just, I would say less money in Australia because we've just less people maybe. I don't know. Mm. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, yeah, that's actually a good point. That's, um, I think that's what I talk about. Like, uh, we should, um, it's not right to copy directly um, the system from other 
place and uh, should always um, fit the character of the, the the local. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, we um, there's not 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 so many populations in Australia, and uh, you might uh, need to consider like um, consider about the necessity of um, having the infrastructure down. Yeah, it's 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 a very um, what it, yeah we're talking about infrastructure. It's a very tangible thing. It's a very concrete element. But I guess the area I work a lot is in cultural difference and just how we see each other and how we misunderstand each other. And again, that how we disconnect because of how we perceive things. And you know, growing up as an Anglo-Saxon cultured person in Australia. Uh, must be very different from how you grew up in China. Uh-huh. So w- what are some of the observations you've made about being Chinese and growing up in Australia or, you know, now living in Australia and studying here, working here? Uh-huh. I, I think um, f- um, for this one, I do find um, the culture where the children grow up in. Um, the one in Austra- Australia is more like from my perspective, is more appearing um, than the one in China, because um, back in China we always like um, we kind of like restrict um, children to restrict the way children to grow. For example, we we have to have a really good um, grades for those school projects. And we have really like limit kind of like compared to here, kind of limited subjects. Um, you have to do like the mathematics or, um, the, the, the Chinese, the physics, the chemistries or, uh, history is really good. Um, and we, we don't focus on developing, uh, we don't focus on finding out the interest of, um, of a kid. So, for example, for me, I find it's um, sometimes I, I will lose my, I will feel like confused um, what I should do in the future, like several years ago. Now I think I've, I kind of find the find something but I'm not really clear it and uh, really not really clear about it that's and many of my friends they find the same issue we will um like after we got into the college after um the Gaokao it's like um university entries examination for the for the whole country students um after we finish that we've we we most of us we don't know what to like because we don't know where our interests are so so we'll we'll be quite lost in the uni uh, at least for the first several years and uh, um but here is different i think your education system is try to um try to help the children to find their interests when uh, from their really young age and uh, so they could like and they're encouraged to develop the, their interests. And uh, that's kind of um, like a deep motivation for them to do something uh, with the passion. Why do you think that difference is there? I mean, it's from my Anglo-Saxon perspective, I kind of say, well, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's important to nurture your interests. But equally, mm-hmm. I wonder what the fallout from that is. Like, why do you think 
that isn't such a focus in China and why do they think that will benefit their children? Mm-hmm. I think it's also because we have so like large number of population. If we have like those um, programs designed for each children in the school to help them to find out their interests, that's uh, like a huge um, project for the education uh, system. And uh, we just have the same um kind of same scheme or same model for each students to mm, yeah everyone have the same thing you just study that and you have the exam um that's why um yeah it, i think may, the main reason is a large prop, um, population but nowadays um, there are some change um, in the in the system um, I have a lit, uh, I have a young little young uh, sister who is uh, eight years now at the second year of the um, in the in the primary school, and um, so if I look into um, her courses and compare to the one at my age. I find there are something change, and they try to learn from the foreign foreign education systems to um, help children to focus a little bit about their interest. But um, the but the stress from having a high grades of those major subjects are still there. So I don't think it changed um, changed from the roots. Mm, but um, definitely, there are some people try to uh, yeah to revise the education system in China. Yeah, I guess it makes me think even broader than that, and thinking what gives people satisfaction in their lives and happiness in their lives. Do you see that one works better for a lifetime of satisfaction? Mm, you mean like whether uh, finding out the interest of their own interests and pursue that um, would affect their happiness? Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. Mm, you will always feel like the happiness happiness if you are doing something you really enjoy or you're interested in. Um, like mm, some of my friends... In China, like when uh, I I have I had my bachelor in Macau, and uh, most of my high school friends they had their university in mainland China, and when when we are when we communicate with each other at the bachelor time, everyone would say that I have a dream to enter to uh, get into a large tech technology company and do. Um, for example, the um, the yeah, the Alibaba or the Huawei, and do something different, like to change something um, for the world. But after they have like um, uh, experienced several, oh wait, um, wait a moment, let me think about this. I think it's different from the interest. Mm. Most of them, they just feel like so stressed in those big companies. So they uh, try to live a quite normal life, have a um, like a normal salary, and give up, um, give up like their their dream. 
I think that the reason behind it is because we are educated to have a wealthy life, I mean, stable life instead of pursuing our interests. Yeah. So, yeah, people just, some people just forget, forget it. Yeah. It's interesting though, because I feel that, I, I see what you're saying, maybe that earlier stage is nurtured differently. But from what I observe in the business world in Australia, it it's a similar outcome, that people still want a stable, financially viable life with a home and enough money to support their families. And that is life getting in the way, in a way. You know, you, you forget the dreams you had as a child to make a difference or to create something beautiful mm-hmm. and you do what you need to do to provide and to survive and to live financially comfortably. Do you think much changes? Maybe we, maybe the differences aren't that huge. Yeah, maybe we need uh, like a thorough uh, statistical, yes, um, data. Yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe we have. Yeah. We just have like like a rough idea, like because we have many like real life examples. Um, so we we have um, yeah, I know many of my classmates. They change their mind after graduate from the uni. So yeah. Yeah, we should definitely we should definitely have like a more detailed statistic to support the and to compare. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's a it's a pretty general conversation. I guess one of the questions I ask in the interview often is, why do you think adults don't manage their or can't manage their money as well as they'd like to, and and it might be that they might be chasing an idea of their passion, but they're not knowing how to do that in the most sustainable way for their own life and for, for making that change. It's, it's a complex area. I mean, it's a, it's a very different conversation we're having than what I normally have in the interviews. I just think it's really interesting to think about what, what brings people happiness and what brings people and is happiness important or just having a purpose and knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your experience personally? Maybe that's a better place to go. What's what is your passion, and where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. I learned the hotel management in my bachelor, and uh, I work as a um, marketing con- uh, marketing consulting specialist in uh, after graduate. Um, I worked for like half year after graduate from the bachelor. Um, because it's kind of related. Um, where I was doing those marketing campaigns for tourism bureaus um, inside of China and also the overseas uh, tourism bureaus, for example, the Dubai and the Los Angeles. Uh, not Los Angeles. What's what's the name of that city? San Francisco? Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, so we do those marketing campaigns to help them to attract tourism from China to their city. And uh, uh, I changed my major in my bachelor, uh, in my master's degree. I, start, I studied the business analytics and the finance in the master. The reason I changed it, it's because uh, in that working experience, I find the marketing things, it, it's so abstract so even though the tourism bureaus paid us a lot and uh, 
um, the marketing campaigns we did looks great because we have um, we always invite those um, key opinion leaders from uh, the online key opinion leaders to experience those sightseeings and those um, those cushions in that city uh, in several days, and they um, go back and post on their social media and so many different kinds of platforms because they have many followers. So um, uh, we try to like use um, their influence to attract more people to that destination. But, um, and I mean, the uh, those marketing campaign has good results. I mean, the click, the click number, is that click? Uh, the click through rate. Yes, exposure, exposure of their all, all those posting, they looks great, and they have high volume of reposts, high volume of the uh, comments, and uh, the uh, high volume of the view. But actually, we can't, uh, we we don't know the exact conversion rates of those kind of campaign. There are my, many people like their posting, but maybe only one of one million people would go to that destination after they're seeing their posts. So I do like promoting the tourism um, to um, to the people in other places, but I want to have a more uh, fact-based decision-making process to do this kind of marketing campaign. Most of consulting firm, firms, they just um, present the total total amount of those comments, reposting, and view, but they don't do those conversion rate things, which, um, which is like truly related to the benefits of that destination. So that's why I choose to learn the business analytics and I'm doing um, I'm a statistical analyst at a commercial insurance company now if I go back to do those uh, marketing thing I think now I can build some uh, models to find out that conversion rate but maybe the both of those marketing um, company would not like this kind of behavior because we will find the conversion rate is really low Mm. Yeah. So what's your passion behind all that? Is it, yeah, what, what is just plain and simple? What is the passion behind that, that you have? Yeah. Um, I don't want to cheat people. I think that's a, um, like direct passion. So in the marketing, in that marketing firm, I feel really uncomfortable because every time when I do the presentation, it looks like we have good statistics numbers but actually we I don't think we have a lot for that tourism bureau and uh, yeah I don't want to do the fixing um yeah just uh, if it's just something we say it's uh, or what we did is good but actually it's not so I just want to real uh, know how to use the real numbers to help people yeah yeah so so What's the, yeah, I, I guess I'm just curious because we started off talking about, you know, nurturing young people from a very early age in their passions mm-hmm. and there is this desire in you, I can see, to to be honest and frank and help people make the right decisions. 
but what has led to that? What was, if you imagine your four-year-old self or five-year-old self, what would have been her passion? My dream was become a, 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 is to become a, like a, I don't know what said English words, but kind of like FBI. A spy? Yeah, a spy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. What made you want to do that? Do you know? Um, I really enjoyed those adventurous uh, stories when I was a little girl. And uh, like, I love this story. Like the boat in a sea is, was crushed by the storm and a person live on a small boat by himself for like 160 days or how a person like um, mistakenly be um, like lost in the Amazons. Um, how, so they make their way to um, find a way out and uh, go back to the society. And and many like uh, the spy stories, how they um, kind of save the country. <laughs> yeah. So all those like um, it's mix of adventure and uh, yes, to save the country things like makes me really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's that adventure, isn't it? That purposeful adventure, it sounds like. And it's interesting because I'm making this connection in my head between that and working in tourism because it's a constant adventure to be going because Edmund also told me that you had been to 30 countries and yeah <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> like an adventure yeah we also um it, I think it's also I, I get influenced by my by my father yeah um when, he, when I was young like as three or four or five years old uh, he drove the motorbike for four or five hours take me to other city to have a like a little trip and go back yes this kind of um and uh, yeah he is like crazy about traveling around we, we went to we even went to the antarctic and uh, last year i think yeah wow the antarctic yeah last last february what was that like it's it's I, um it's amazing I have to say it's it's such a unique experience and uh, not unique um special experience to see like those whales jumping around your um cruise ship and uh, see on on the land we can get close to the this we are not allowed to get close to the penguins but they are allowed to go over me and uh, um yeah touch us they would like they will they will be quite curious um and get close to us it's it's such a fantastic um time that you get so closer to the nature um some place you can only see in the like tv program and uh that's truly some um that's truly a piece of land like you you can't see anyone else there except those um uh, those research peoples from different countries. Mm, what yeah. an incredible experience. <laughs> there are many. Um, and we also, uh, we have been to uh, like a place called um, um, Well Island, kind of like that. And we mm-hmm. saw those um, old factories built like 100 years ago. They, um, 
kill those whales and uh, um, sell their meat to all over the world. And now we can still find those the complete structure of those whale bones on the ground. Half of them are under the ground because of the wind and um, all those sand. So we can say how crucial we are like 100 years ago um, to we just kill those animals for our benefits. Now everything, most of these kind of things are banned there. But yeah, we can, we can, it's kind of interesting to say how people change their attitude to trade this environment. And uh, I'm, I, I feel like quite happy about that. How, how, not happy, but quite um, relieved or something like that to see this kind of change. Yeah. Where was that? It's, it's in Antarctica. It's a small, um, islands in Antarctic. I see. Yeah. 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 So it just seems like you've worked for the Tourist Bureau. You've been to 30 countries. You're under 25. You've finished your studies. You're now working. You're living in Australia. Grew up in China. So what is the future going to be for you? Where are you going? Um, yeah. Um, I'm still like... Um, thinking about that and I I think I'll definitely do something yeah as I said um, benefit the world but yeah I need to find a practical way so now I work as um, analyst in a company I want to yeah just uh, um, accumulate my experience of um, treating different kind of things and uh, know how to deal with them uh, like kind of develop my skills in different ways. I had my a little um, entrepreneurship at the last year of my, uh, in my bachelor, it's quite successful. So I, um, but that, that business is just to make some money. It's nothing about like, um, nothing about like benefit others. Yeah. So what was that business? Oh, we use uh, um, the e-commerce platform to, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of a trading. It's a, um, it's a luxury bag trading, luxury bags mm-hmm. and the shoes trading platform um, business. Are you still running the business? No, we, um, we only did it in the last semester of the, uh, in the school and the way sold the business to others yeah, because we live in Macau. <laughs> That's super cool. Great. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so um, we, we can say that that business also helps some people. Yeah, we have those girls who, um, cre- who are crazy about the bags and shoes. But, yeah, I don't think that's something I'm after. Yeah. Um, so I think in the future I'm still, like, trying to figure out, pra- uh, yeah, the practical way to contribute to the world. But, yeah, I haven't figured out. I'm all, I'm kind of like at the cross of my life. Yeah. So, what do you need to to keep developing those thoughts? You know, I'm I'm an adult talking to a young person. I mean, you're an adult too. But I guess my question throughout this process is also, what do you need? What What are you looking for in order to clarify that idea? Um. 
clarify which idea, idea, sorry. Yeah, like your idea to help the world and and make an impact. What? How do you get there? How do you? What do you need in order to get clear on on what the future means for you? Mm, you mean that um, what kind of thing I would do or um, to make that goal achieved? Yeah, I guess when um, we were just in the car driving back, we were camping on the weekend, as I mentioned, and we we're talking about this idea of interviewing young people. And what if we, what if we did get people together? What if we did create a place for people to discuss and have, con- you know, ongoing conversations about what they wanted to achieve and help them stay true to what their vision is of the future? Or even help them change and transition that future vision. But I guess that's that's a place now where we've got thirteen people that we've been speaking to. What can we do together to help young people move forward? Oh, um, or you more specifically, but you know, generally and specifically, I guess either one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't started any idea. Uh, uh, started work on any idea I have thought is because I want to get my permanent resident first. Um, that needs like one year working experience. And uh, right. Yeah. So I haven't finished that working experience now. And I have already like talked with my friends um, about starting some business. The same friends um, uh, from the business I did it before. So, yeah, um, yeah, that would happen. I think it would happen after um, I've finished everything I needed for my permanent resident first. And uh, um, maybe we will start that after. Um, we, we got like an investment sponsor from our parents. So we, we just wait for the good timing to start it. Um, even though the idea is not uh, decided yet, but yeah, we have um, kind of di- discussion about that. We'll definitely start it. So, like for me, it's um, yeah. I think the timing is is a major thing. It sounds like you've got a network that you can rely on. That sounds like what you're saying a bit. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I'm not really sure about like um I think each person they have different needs if they want to uh, make some changes. So for me it, it's about the timing, yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see what you create. I'm definitely going to keep an eye out <laughs> for what <laughs> I you hope do. I can do something good. Yeah, but I'm not yeah. really sure about. It. Definitely give it a try. Yeah. I think the for the the great thing about the young age is that you don't have many things to sacrifice. Sacrifice is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you are at this point in the conversation, I know at the beginning you said you didn't think you had any advice for adults older than you. Is that still the case, or is there something you can think of now that would be helpful? If you did have to give advice, what would it be? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's quite hard. Like, I think for different people, they have, um, 
in their own things to care about. But I do believe it's if you keep a kind of mind to um, help each other in the world, it it will be a warm world. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. The other question I ask everybody is if you were running the world today, what would you do? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I I remember this question <laughs> in the last of podcasts. Yeah, uh, mm, it's quite tough. Uh, I won't hold you to it. <laughs> I won't. I won't make sure that you deliver on this when you do rule the world. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I hope like not. So, um, I hope there are some like. Um, when to how to say the shorten the distance from the rich and the poor hope not so many people suffer from like everything the war or the illness Mm. like yeah yeah if i have to say that yeah that's like my ultimate dream yeah that sounds very very fair Mm. yeah it's really really large but it do care uh, it do relate to many people and uh, yeah they are suffering yeah, and I think if you've got that big dream, like it's that's why I think I like this question because we get so stuck in our everyday lives just thinking about what we need to do in order to get to through the day, month, year. But we rarely do step back and think about what would I like to see in the world? And I think it's just a nice thing to reflect on from time to time and it might guide you in some small way towards what you want to achieve. I think trying to think as big as you possibly can sometimes is, I, I don't know, I try to do it from time to time and I don't think I always succeed, but I think I try to focus on it from time to time. I believe you have helped a lot of people. And uh, for example, I think Edmund is inspired from you from many like ideas. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you're like um, the, and Emma, um, uh, inspire me sometimes when I lose some motivation. Yeah, so I think it it kind of like you are the root of a tree, and uh, each benches they could uh, separate into other benches. So you helped a lot. Like it's multiple the number of people. Yeah, you have. That's a really nice metaphor. And yeah, Edmund's a good friend. He's um, he's we've had a lot of cups of coffee together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Karen, look, it's been so nice talking to you. It's been really nice hearing your thoughts and your perspective and especially given your vast travel experience. That's also, I'd love to find out more, but you know, we can't talk forever. You can. Yeah. If you feel, um, if, and if it happened, like I'm in China and you're in China, I can show you around. Yeah. I'm going to take you up on that. I would love that very much. <laughs> That's, uh, that would be, uh, yeah, um, we're called hospi- hospitality person. So, yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, uh, many of my ideas is not matured yet. And, uh, yeah, when I answer those questions, it's also like different things like um, bumps in my mind and it's not um, full of logic or structures. Yeah. Um, I don't think that matters. I think it is just having as many conversations as you can to get, to take it just a little step further. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that my thoughts are that mature yet, yet I'm so much further along in my life. But 
I think that's part of it. If we we've got to keep having those conversations to get our thoughts clearer and clearer. So thanks for that too. Thank you. Thank you for all your nice words. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to find all the others, just go to your favorite platform, Young People Giving Adults Advice, and hit follow because we'll be releasing a new episode each Wednesday. Thanks so much for your support. This podcast has been made possible with the help of March Made Media and Leonie Tillman at English for Business.